0: Hello, I'm Doug Martin.
1: And I'm Tasha Martin.
0: Together, we share the joy of personal relationship with Jesus, marriage, children, and serving Vision Church in Lake Worth as pastors.
1: As the worship leader, I just want to invite you to come and worship with us. Well, Something special happens when you come into the presence of God and His people in worship.
0: As the lead pastor, I want to invite you to a very friendly and warm church that has a vision that it wants to share with everyone, seeing Jesus for us, in us, and through us.
1: We're glad that you've decided to listen to our podcast. And I hope that if you're close enough to visit, you'll come by at 9.45 a.m. on Sunday morning. And after the service, say hello to us in the foyer. We would love to meet you.
0: You can also connect with us at visionchurch.ag, on Facebook at agvisionchurch, and on YouTube
1: by searching for Vision Church Assembly of God. Here's my husband, Doug, preaching a message from Sunday.
0: Well, good morning, everybody. It's good to to be here. wish you were all here as well. Do remember your tithes. I'm going to confess that I was sitting out here and I thought, did I pay tithes last month? And I didn't. So I just had to make up a whole month's worth of ties. But I did, so... Just, it's easier to pay as you go, you know what I mean? Instead of just like all of a sudden realizing you're in the rears and you got to make up for it. Right. So anyway, um, we're going to talk about the battle is real this morning. I have been up since about 3.30 this morning praying over this message, uh, praying that I say the right thing, do the right thing. When it comes to this, because some of this might be a little bit hard to hear, um, and some of it may step on your toes. I know it stepped on mine, as the Lord was giving it to me. So, just want you to be aware of that. And before we get started, even, I just want to pray over it. So, Lord, I just pray that you give me the exact words that you would have me use, Father. Lord, I pray that... I would hear your voice, I would speak your words, I would not speak my opinions or my feelings on any of it, Father, but only speak what you would have me to speak. Lord, I know I told you as I was praying during the night, this could blow up in a hot minute if I go my way, and I don't want to go my way. I never want to go my way. I always want to speak your word. So Lord, I ask that you help me to do that today, and I ask it in Jesus' name, amen so the battle is real. In way of introduction, there was a great Welsh preacher, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, and he once said, there's no grosser or greater misrepresentation of the Christian message than that which depicts it as offering a life of ease with no battle or struggle at all. Sooner or later, every believer discovers that the Christian life is a battleground, not a playground. You know sometimes people will tell you, oh, you just need Jesus, and your life will just be wonderful forever, and you won't have any problems, and that's just not true, but the great thing is you have somebody to walk through those battles with you, and you're never alone, and you have that peace that passes understanding, and all of those things that go along with being a believer of Christ, so it is a battleground. I believe and I feel like the Lord has told me that the pandemic has caused a division in the church. And what I mean by that is people are so divided on what's the right way to go. Vaccine, no vaccine. Mask, no mask. All of that. And I think it's caused us to have some some fighting. Uh, we, the church, cannot afford to fight a civil war. Because if we do, we will all lose. We just can't afford to do that. 2 Corinthians 10, 2-3 says, We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. And he has some strategies. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against bent- against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. the offensive weapons that he's given us in this passage. Not, not all of it, but the, the two main ones that he's talking about here, and that is, first of all, the weapon of God's word. God's word is a weapon that we can use against the enemy. And we've got to make sure that we, we do that and we take that opportunity. Without God's word, we don't even know what's in our arsenal. We don't know what we have. We don't know how to use it. You know, we see Jesus' example of how he used that arsenal in, in the word of God against Satan, we see that in the Bible. We see how other people in the Bible uh, came against many battles and, and hardships and how they came through that. That's our example, and that's what we need to read. If we don't read the word, we don't know those things. At my job, we have this thing called Market Knowledge Base, and it's just a website that we have uh, put together to help new hires, when they come in, they will know, how do I, you know, schedule a CT? Is there any kind of prep for that? You know, do people need to fast or not fast? Or do they, you know, need to come in early to drink contrast? And then also, are they going to be injected with contrast? And just all kinds of things that new people just don't know. You don't know stuff like that. So we have that. But the problem is people don't read it. So they inevitably schedule things incorrectly. And then it makes the patients mad, and then it makes the referring doctors mad because we didn't, you know, the patients are upset because they got there an hour early and didn't need to for their particular test. And if somebody had just read Market Knowledge Base, they would know exactly what they need to do. Or they will schedule them at a center that's closed at that hour, Because they didn't read. I mean, it's got everything you need to know. Center hours, table limits. If somebody's, you know, a really heavy person, maybe you don't send them to one place, you send them to another place. I mean, everything you need to know, ins and outs of it, it's all there if people would just read it. And the Bible is the same way. It's got everything we need if we would just read read it. And even more than that, if we would like memorize some of it, that would be great. And then we can speak that against the enemy. But you know, it's just as effective if you open up your Bible and speak it and read it. I mean, you can still claim it and read it, but you've got to know where to find it. You've got to be familiar with your instruction book, which is the Bible. We've got to be familiar with that. And then we have the weapon of prayer. We all need to be praying we need to be deep in prayer. We need to be having... I find myself lately having conversations with God throughout the day, just all day long. I'm not just, you know, kneeling down and praying, but I could be driving and saying, Lord, you know, help me with this or help that man. And, you know, that's I saw a man on the side of the road the other day. He said, Homeless Lives Matter. He had a sign up that <laughs> said Homeless Lives Matter. And, um, and I thought, you know what? I told Brian yesterday, I saw a lady on the side of the road, and I thought, that is so heartbreaking. To see people who don't have a home and have no place to go, and we can pray for those people. We can make a difference. We can maybe help them monetarily as well, but I know you've got to be careful with that. But you don't have to be careful with your prayers. You don't have to say, you know, you can say, Lord, help this person. God knows what they need. Prayer brings wisdom and knowledge of how to use the weapons in our arsenal. We can pray and the Holy Spirit can direct us to do something or he can direct us to say something or to pray a certain way when typically that might not be the way we would pray. So the Holy Spirit helps us with that. And then prayer brings reinforcements or help. How many of you want reinforcements if you're in trouble? Oh yeah, we do. Prayer can stop the enemy. Prayer can demolish his plans. Sometimes I like to think of it as, you know, we can say, "God just destroy his plans, and it's like a spiritual bomb goes off, and the enemy's plans are just all for naught, because God took care of that for us. And then another weapon we have is the weapon of unity. This is the weapon I think we're weak in right now. I'm not seeing unity in the body of Christ like we used to have unity. I'm seeing divisions, like I said, over masks and vaccinations and all of that. Now, hear me. I'm not saying that we can't disagree on these things. We can. We can disagree on things, but we still love each other. We still respect each other. You know, I see people put stuff on Facebook and uh, almost disparaging somebody who has a differing opinion, almost like, you're wrong and you're an idiot kind of stuff on there, you know, and that's so wrong. It makes me mad. It makes me upset. Some of it makes me hurt, and to be quite honest, some of it makes me want to smack them, (laughs) because I think that is not what Jesus would have us to do. We need to love each other. We can have differing opinions. That's okay, Everybody needs to do what they feel like God would have them to do in their situation. And then the rest of us don't need to judge that. But we need to love them and respect that they have a relationship with the Lord, too. And I believe Steve has a relationship with the Lord. I'm going to use him as an example this morning. So if Steve and I have a difference of opinion, which we typically don't, but if we were, I would say, well, you know what? I know Steve seeks the Lord. And I know that the Lord has told Steve what Steve needs to do for Steve. And I can't worry about that. Then I need to know that God's going to tell me what I need to do for Cindy. And so I've got to be obedient to what God tells me to do. And that's what we all have to do. And then love each other and uh, respect each other. 1 John 17, 20 through 21 says, I am praying not only for these disciples, this is Jesus speaking here, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. And we need to be unified, because Satan has weapons too. He has weapons. And fear seems to be his weapon of choice right now. Everybody is afraid. Now, I believe that as humans, we have a strange relationship with fear. Some of us actually like it or we wouldn't go to haunted houses, or we wouldn't go to scary movies where things jump out at us. We wouldn't, you know, if, if we didn't like that kind of adrenaline rush, uh, we wouldn't go to those things. But I think we kind of have a, a strange relationship with it. But Second Timothy seven says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, timidity <laughs> if I can get that out, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Now there's a healthy fear and an unhealthy fear. We need to respect the healthy fear and destroy the unhealthy, or the unhealthy will destroy you. I'm going to say that again because we've got to get this. There is a healthy fear and an unhealthy fear. We need to respect the healthy fear and destroy the unhealthy, or the unhealthy will destroy you. Now, what's a healthy fear? Teaching your children not to touch a hot stove. Learning not to stand in the middle of train tracks when a train is coming looking both ways before you cross the street. Those are all healthy things. But You know, being afraid of paper, being afraid of touching anything is unhealthy. I have a coworker. I go two different places at work. I work one place in the morning, and then I work another place in the afternoon. So when I leave my office in the morning, I have a an associate who says, Hey, can I use your office? Sure. So she'll come and use my office when I'm not there. Well, she'll Clorox everything down because she doesn't want any germs, which you know, I'm good with it because it keeps my office clean <laughs> because I don't do that. But I know when she's been in there I thought, okay, well my office is clean today. So there's just, you know, healthy and unhealthy and we need, we need to stay with the healthy. Uh, And fear is attacking our unity. I believe it's causing infighting. It's causing us to be afraid of people, being around people. Uh, I'm not saying don't take precautions. I'm just saying we cannot live in fear to where we're even afraid to do anything. We're starting to see people through that lens of fear instead of through the lens of love. For we should be seeing them. Now, we can practice getting better at not being afraid because practice makes perfect we can practice using our weapons against fear we can read the word we can pray we can be unified that the fear will start to diminish we need to let the holy spirit guide us into what's healthy fear and what's not healthy fear ask the lord if there's something that you're afraid of say lord is this healthy for me with my medical history, with my everything? Is this something I should or should not do? And let the Holy Spirit guide you in that. There was um, a time when I was, oh, maybe 10, I don't know, 10 or 11. I was little. And I was at church, actually First Assembly and White Settlement at the time, and I was had a long dress on because we'd had some band co- concert the night before at school. And so my mom had made me this long dress. And so I wore it to church. And I was just all, you know, all that. Thought I was very sophisticated and everything. So I'm sitting there. And all of a sudden, something starts moving in my dress. And it's just, I can see my dress just kind of going like this. So I kindly got... Calmly, not kindly, I calmly got up and I walked outside and I started jumping up and down and, you know, getting my skirts and trying to get it out. What well, was a grasshopper? So, traumatized by a grasshopper. Fast forward to our week in Fredericksburg not too long ago. I'm laying on the couch in our cabin. Brian's in another room. And we've had wasps. We've had to kill a couple of wasps that have gotten in. Well, I'm laying there, and I feel something crawling on my leg, and I think it's a wasp. And then it starts going up, because I do Uncle have pants. It starts going up inside my pants. And I'm thinking, I don't want to smack at it because I'm afraid it'll sting me because I thought it was a wasp. So I get up. And I start screaming and jumping up and down, and you know, like a crazy woman. And Brian's like, What is going on in there? (laughs) So he comes out. So we're looking. I don't see anything. He goes back in the other room, and then I see it. It's a grasshopper. So I get a cup, I cover it up, and I told him, It's yours. You get to handle it. I'm not messing with this. Fast forward to yesterday. I walk outside, something flies at me. It is, yes, you guessed it, a grasshopper. It landed on my pants. And I didn't jump up and down like a crazy woman. I thought, this is just a grasshopper. So I went to put my hand down to kind of just, you know, shove it away. I guess it saw my hand coming, because it went off, it jumped off. I was so proud of myself that I didn't act a fool in my front yard, I almost put it on Facebook (laughs) to announce to everybody how brave I was in face of the killer grasshopper yesterday. But we can get better at fear. We can realize that this really is not going to hurt me. You know, this grasshopper won't kill me. It may make me kill myself if I'm that afraid of it, but it's not going to hurt me. We've got to realize that. So, in conclusion, I don't know. Oh, we're going to get done early. Our weapons against fear are the weapon of the word, the weapon of prayer, and the weapon of unity. We need each other, and we can't afford to not have that fellowship. Now, I've got a picture up here. I'm hoping you guys can see this. This is a spider. Is it up there? Nope. I'm hoping you can get it up there. Anyway, it's a spider. anybody ever heard of a zipper spider? The web is re- first of all, it's a big spider, and then its web is big, and it's got part of it looks like a zipper, the way it makes it, and it's a really big web. So I have a coworker; she's got a little girl who's three, and a little girl loved this spider that was in the spider web and don't ask me why because most little girls don't but she would go out and she would want to pet it and her mom's like no no we don't pet the spider you know healthy fear we don't know if it's poisonous or whatever no but the little girl would talk to the spider and she would tell the spider, I'm going to school now. I'll see you later. And they'd go to school and she'd come back, oh, mama, I've got to go got to go talk to you. And she named the spider. And this, when she told me the story, it was confirmation that we're not to live in fear. To me, this spoke to me. I knew it. Because she named the spider fear. Why would a three-year-old name a spider fear? But she loved fear. So... She'd come back, oh, i got to say hi to fear, so she'd go say hi to fear. And then, you know, she would just go and sit, and she would talk to fear about, you know, I'm going to go to my friend's house, and I'm going to, you know, and her mom was like, this is a little weird. But she really liked to talk to fear. So they went out of town one weekend, and they came back, and fear was gone. Not only was fear gone, the whole spider web, everything was gone. So fear was, and then fear was not. And it made me think, you know what? When God comes in, and he helps us to get rid of that fear in our life, there's not even going to be a shred of it left. The whole spider web, every bit of it will be gone. And that's what God will do for us when we are tired of fear, and we do our part, and then we let the Holy Spirit do his part, and then there's not even a remnant of it. So fear was, and then fear not, was not. So um, Tosh is going to come and lead us in a couple more songs, and then I'll come back up and close this out.
1: We hope that you've been touched by God's grace as you've listened to our podcast today. We'd love to hear your response via email and the address is podcast at visionchurch.ag podcast at visionchurch.ag And if you're in the area and don't have a church home, we'd love for you to come and visit us personally. We're located at 4024 Dakota Trail in Lake Worth, Texas.
0: We together have a vision, seeing Jesus for us, in us, and through us.